It's the final day of September. Some have already seen a change in the weather, others still waiting further south. Experts think much of North America will see a longer and colder winter, and the West will be praying for rain. Predicting the weather is not easy. Computers and satellites, only good for 7 to 10 days. But millions rely on a book that will celebrate its 230th year of publication next year, The Old Farmer's Almanac. The Almanac has a secret formula that's locked away. Their claim? They can predict the weather a year and a half out. How accurate? They say 80%. Not bad for a method that began when George Washington was president. But there is a better book that is 100% accurate. All of the Bible's predictions have come true. The greatest promise? God would send a Messiah to take the inequity of us all. In Jesus, we find eternal life. And that prediction is 100% accurate. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris sharing the great story that's all about Jesus. And you've joined me for a series this week we're calling Come and See. What an invitation. After the Samaritan woman met Jesus, she invited her neighbors to come and see the man who told me everything I ever did. Her witness led to many coming to believe in Jesus. Come and see. Come and see. It's my invitation to you today. Come and see that Jesus is worthy of your life and your praise. And in a moment, we're going back to the Old Testament to see how God worked in the life of a man named Abraham. Father Abraham had many sons. You all know that song, right? Well, before he was Father Abraham, Abram was just a typical person going about his business, not really thinking much about the Lord, but God found him and transformed his heart. And that's pretty much the conversion story of Lee Strobel. Lee was a journalist with the Chicago Tribune. He was also an atheist. He didn't think much of God, but God had other plans for his life. And it all began when his wife came home one night to tell him that she had become a Christian. So I went to church, and I don't know exactly how it happened, but I felt something. And so I went again tonight. And I know this is going to be weird to hear because it's weird to say, but... I prayed. So what are, you, what are you telling me, Les? I'm saying that I talked to Jesus. I, I told him I want him in my life. You what? Why? Why would you... Hey, stay with me, hon. This is a good thing. What did this Alfie woman say to you? It was my decision. Okay? I don't accept it. You dropped this on me. What does that even mean? Well, I don't know what it means, but I know it's a good thing for no. me, for us. No, yes. okay, uh, okay. Yes. this is not us, Leslie. Whatever this is, okay, it is not us. Can you are on your own. I mad. am listening to you, and that's the problem. So if you're serious about and this. And I am. Okay, well, then I, then I don't know what to say to you don't about say whatever this is. Listen to what I'm trying to say, because I'm trying to explain that I felt something that is maybe more real than anything I've ever felt in my life. A scene from the DVD called The Case for Christ, based on the real-life story of Lee Strobel. Lee told me he was so upset that night 
In fact, he was scared that his marriage might not last. You know, I was uh, an atheist, an angry atheist. Leslie tells me for the first time that she'd come to faith in Jesus. And uh, honestly, the first word that went through my mind in real life was divorce. I was going to walk out. I didn't want to be married to a Christian. I didn't know what to expect. I didn't want the change in our life, and I didn't believe in it. I thought it was fairy tales, make-believe, wishful thinking. I didn't want to have that in our marriage. And so uh, that scene is very accurate in terms of the emotional response, the anger, the frustration. Uh, But, you know, I saw positive changes in her character and values that were intriguing. And at the same time, I thought, you know what? I'm a journalist. If I could disprove the resurrection of Jesus, that knocks the legs out from under the Christian faith. And so I decided to take my journalism training and legal training and investigate whether Christianity was true. And I I zeroed in largely on the resurrection of Jesus because I knew that was a linchpin of the Christian faith. That's Lee Strobel talking about how he came to know Jesus as his Savior. After this program, I'd like to send you a copy of the feature film of His Conversion to Christ, called The Case for Christ. This film has earned high praises for both its production value as well as its ability to help skeptics understand Christianity. It's also kind of fun to watch. I believe this special resource will help open doors for you to talk with others who are skeptical about the faith, and it will give you confidence that Christianity can stand up against even the harshest critics. So after this program, why don't you call us? Why don't you make a generous gift? We're listener-supported. But I do want to send you right away a copy of the Case for Christ DVD. Here's the number to call after the program. 800-654-2836. That's 800-65-HAVEN. Or visit our website at haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. And while you're there, watch the movie trailer... Listen to the extended interview I did with Lee on our Great Stories podcast. And now let's get started with more of our program. We open now with the Newsboys, and we believe. In this time of desperation When all we know is doubt and fear There is only one found We believe We believe In this broken generation When all is dark you help us see There is only one salvation Christ, we believe in the Holy Spirit, and He's given us new life. We believe in the crucifixion, we believe that He conquered death. We believe in the resurrection, and He's coming back again. We believe. So let our faith be more 
This is Haven Today, and I'm Charles Morris, and thank you for joining me today. Here it is Thursday, and we're still in a series called Come and See, and we open with a song by the Newsboys based on the Apostles' Creed, We Believe. We've been looking at Old Testament stories of conversion this week, and now we're going to be looking at the definitive conversion story in all the Old Testament. Every conversion, whether in the Old or the New Testaments, ties back to the story we're going to share. And that's the story of Abram, who became Abraham. In Romans 4.16, Paul says he is the father of us all. You know, every conversion story we've looked at this week has a surprise. I guess we could say that every conversion is surprising in its own way. Maybe you're the kind of person that people said would never darken the door of a church. Yet there you are, trusting in the Lord today. I'm thankful that grace surprises us, because if it only came to those who deserved it, or to those we thought would surely be at the front of the line to receive God's grace in Christ, well, it wouldn't be grace. And the story of Father Abraham is no different. He was just a typical person. He was going about his business. He wasn't really thinking much of God, but God found him, and God transformed his heart. Just like it happens with all of us, Abram's call that changed his name and his future as a follower of the Lord started with hearing from the Lord. It may not have been an audible voice calling to you out of heaven, but it was a call that set you on the path of faith. God called Abram. He told him to leave his father's house for the place that he would show him. But something interesting we learn from the calling of Abraham is that he was probably called more than once. Once from his hometown of Ur, that's in modern-day Iraq, and then again when he settled in a town called Haran. What we learn from this is that while there comes a moment in every believer's life when they are called and they come all the way, resulting in their salvation, turning to the Lord can begin with fits and starts. Like Paul, it's possible for us to kick against the spurs and drag our heels. But once God has decided to call us to himself once and for all, there's no holding us back from his grace. There's nothing special about Abram. Even though he becomes our ultimate father in the faith, he needs the grace of God just as much as the next person. In Adam, all die. And Abram is a son of Adam, just like you and me. It's important that this story in Scripture does not feature Abram's good works or his unwavering devotion or anything else that earns him a place in God's favor. It's his faith, his trust in something outside of himself that results in his salvation. To get a feel for the way Abram turned in faith to the Lord, we can turn to the book of Hebrews. Hebrews 11, 
A well-known chapter, sometimes called the Faith Hall of Fame, really has nothing to do with fame at all. The whole point is to chart out how God's people have looked outside of themselves to the God who saves. Hebrews 11. I'll pick up at verse 8. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him in the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. And by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was unable to bear children because she considered him faithful who had made the promise. And so from this one man, and he is as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky, and as countless as the sand on the seashore. And then in verses 17 through 19, it goes on to say, By faith Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had embraced the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son, even though God had said to him, It is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead. And so, in a manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from death. Well, that's all from Hebrews 11. And I want us to look quickly at some of the elements of Abram, or Abraham's faith, and how they show us today what it looks like to come and see the Lord in conversion. The main thing we see is that the whole point of faith is that faith has nothing to do with what we can control or what we can contribute. That first line in Hebrews 11 is so encouraging, by faith Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he didn't know where he was going. Now, there are a lot of times I don't know where I'm going, but I have more faith in the Lord to lead me in his ways than I do in Siri or Google Maps to lead me on the right course. Every single piece of this call Abraham received was pure grace. Nothing he could do to pitch in, just to believe. And that's the same call we receive today. But it's not a blind faith with nothing to bank on. We learn from Abraham that turning to the Lord involves laying claims to his promises by faith. What promises was Abraham laying hold of by faith? Well, we could go into all the detail of the Abrahamic covenant, but Hebrews sums it up nicely. He was looking for a city, and he was looking for a child. The city Abraham believed would come by faith was the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. By faith, he saw that the Lord would not just give him the land, but the whole world. And it wouldn't be through keeping the law. It would be through believing the Lord. Romans four thirteen. it was not through the law that Abraham and his offspring received the promise that he would be heir of the world, but through the righteousness that comes by faith. Nothing good to be found in Abraham, just like there's nothing good found in us. But by faith, we are counted righteous in Christ and promised the world, literally, when Jesus returns and makes all things new in himself. 
But Abraham laid hold to another promise, and that was the promise of a child. He and his wife Sarah were well beyond childbearing years, but they were promised a child. It took some doing, but they believed the promise. The author of Hebrews is telling us the story, but he's telling us through the glasses of the gospel. Notice how he puts it. From this one man, and he is as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore. And then later he says that Abraham believed that God could raise the dead. What was going on here? Well, in Abraham, we not only have a picture of Jesus, but also the original story of faith in the resurrection. Our faith depends on one man, as good as dead, pierced through the side with a spear, a man who cried out, it is finished, and through him more children than you can count. If you are a believer like Abraham, then you are one of those descendants, more numerous than the grains of sand on all the beaches in all the world. And it's through the resurrection of that man from the dead that Abraham is saved, and you are saved by faith. When he was told to sacrifice his only son, Isaac, he believed in the resurrection. When the father sacrificed his only beloved son for our redemption, he raised his son by the power of the Spirit so that everyone who believes could share in that resurrection by faith in Jesus. By faith we see the hand of God We will stay.
be moved And the power of the gospel shall prevail For we know in Christ all things are possible For all who call upon His name We will stand as children of the promise We will fix our eyes on Him, our soul's reward Till the rest is finished and the work is done We'll walk by faith and not by sight Keith and Kristen Getty here on Haven Today and by faith and and on this Haven Today, we're in a series, Come and See. Join us tomorrow as we look at the call of God in Jonah's life and how he was reluctantly used in the salvation of all who lived in Nineveh. As you heard at the beginning of the program, Lee Strobel wanted nothing, nothing to do with Christianity. He was an intelligent man. He worked as a reporter at a respected Chicago newspaper. He avoided anything spiritual. In other words, he was a skeptic, and he only wanted to see the facts staring him in his face. So when his wife came to know Jesus, he knew he needed to persuade her with the facts. He needed to disprove the resurrection and the New Testament to his wife. Well, in the feature film based on his life called The Case for Christ, it retraces his own spiritual journey to Christianity. You're going to enjoy watching this film. It's not awkward like some past Christian movies have been. The story moves along, it's encouraging, and the acting is world-class, and the story is true. Plus, I do believe that it's a wonderful resource to help you share Jesus with those in your life who are skeptical about faith. So invite them over. Pop some corn. (laughs) Make an evening of it. And ask the Lord to do a great work in their lives, as well as your own. Or tell us the name of the person you'd like us to send it to, and we'll send it to them directly. So I would encourage you to call us right now. Be as generous as you can right now. And request your copy right now of the DVD, The Case for Christ. We are a listener-supported ministry. We could really use your help to keep sharing the great story. And remember, this DVD comes with bonus features, like interviews with the real-life Lee and Leslie Strobel. Just call us, would you, right now at 800-654-2836. That's 865-HAVEN. Or visit our website at haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. And while you're there, watch the movie trailer and check out the extended interview I did with Lee on our Great Stories podcast. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow? And again together, 
will share the great story. It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. There's an old tradition in some churches which at first strikes me as bizarre. As members walk in for a Sunday morning worship service, they dip their hands into a bowl and put water on their forehead. It seems superstitious. They know the water doesn't make them any more holy, right? True, but there's a deeper meaning. Prophet Joel envisioned a day when the Lord would pour out His Spirit on all people. And this small act as they enter the sanctuary is a vivid picture of that reality. A small reminder that the Spirit has been poured out into our hearts. You may not put water on your head, but in Christ we have the Holy Spirit indwelling our hearts. Find daily encouragement in God's Word with Anchor Devotional. Try it out at GetAnchor.com. 